Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise, and you are listening to Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on F4W Online. It is February 22nd, and on Wednesdays, we talk all things AEW Dynamite. And this was an episode that I think, for the most part, um, people were pretty excited about, mainly because of the Tony, Tony Khan announcement that was to be made on today's show. Now, we had been doing predictions, and all day Forbidden Door 2 was trending on Twitter. And so a lot of people had kind of built up maybe what they thought the announcement was going to be. Uh, some of the predictions that I had in terms of what the AEW announcement was going to be was I had predicted um, more information on the London show. I had predicted an official announcement regarding ring of honor and uh, you know coming to honor club you know just something a little bit more official um i was expecting maybe that I, people were expecting maybe some video game news other people were expecting maybe perhaps forbidden door 2 um and pretty much whatever it is that people predicted we ended up getting something totally different and i will tell you that the response from the important announcement that was to be made today did not necessarily, uh, it was not well received. So we are going to kick off the show talking about that important announcement and what it was and a little bit about how you guys feel about it and what I've been seeing from people on social media, as well as how I felt about it. So let's get into that. But just a heads up, guys, if you do want to help support the show and just help keep me funded and also get your questions, your comments, your statements, your opinions, your rants read here on the show you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point uh, they really do help me out a whole lot um so so much and we're kicking things off with a very generous one from hunter tillman uh, hunter tillman kicks us off here saying uh hey denise and everyone else here tonight's show is definitely better than last week i'm happy we got more matches announced and i'm really praying jamie retains in that three-way at revolution she's on she's on a damn roll so i did think that today's episode of aew dynamite was definitely better than last week but I still didn't necessarily think it was a super strong episode like it was an okay episode um I liked it more than last week but it's still it's definitely not up there in terms of any of my favorite episodes of Dynamite I think there was more stuff that I kind of just didn't really care so much about than stuff that I did however there was a couple of things that I did enjoy and I'll, I'll get into them in just a second and speaking of Revolution we did get a couple more matchups that were announced and again we'll get to that uh in a second as well uh Jamie Hayter is on a roll we'll talk about that uh, but thank you so much to hunter tillman for kicking us off here today with our first super chat of the night so let's get into the announcement everyone because uh, i think that's what everybody kind of wants to talk about first and foremost so um <laughs> i mentioned some of the things that most of us thought the announcement was going to be forbidden door 2 um ring of honor more info on ring of honor maybe some info on the london show video game stuff uh that was pretty much along the lines of what many people might have assumed. I had some people throwing out some wild predictions like an update on CM Punk and, you know, all of these other things. And, well, it ended up being something entirely different. So Renee Paquette kicks us off and she's there with Tony Khan. And I'm thinking, all right, here we go. This is it. Like, we're going for it. Um, and then Tony Khan basically says that the announcement would be better if Adam Cole made it. <laughs> so right away, I'm thinking, oh, no. 
That's it. The second that Tony Khan was not the person that was going to be making this very important announcement for uh, AEW, I thought, oh, no, where are we going with this? Because the whole time it was like the promotion for this was Tony Khan has an important announcement. Tony Khan has an important announcement. So I'm like, if Tony Khan's the one making the announcement, like you're going to be thinking all of these things, right? So it ends up being Adam Cole. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's see what Adam Cole has to say. Now, I do think that it was a little bit, um, the way that it was announced, um, maybe needed some clarification too, because I think the first time you hear it, um, I thought it was one thing and then it ended up being something entirely different. So basically, Adam Cole announces that it's starting in March. We don't exactly know when, but this is slated for March. In March, we are going to be having a weekly one-hour TV series that's going to be following AEW Dynamite. So immediately after AEW Dynamite, they're going to be doing a weekly TV series called AEW All Access. And so um, basically, they promoted it as an unfiltered look into AEW stars featuring Adam Cole and Brett Baker. Now, I'm going to pull up the press release in just a second. On top of that, Adam Cole also said that on the night that the show debuts, we still don't know what night, uh, but on the night that the show debuts, he will be making his in ring um, return. So they still haven't exactly said. When the show is officially starting, they just said it's happening in March. So here's a little bit from the press release that was just sent out by AEW, which is why I started the show late because I was looking at the press release. Um, so I'm going to read this verbatim just so I don't mess anything up. But this is what they said. Uh, TBS has greenlit its first new unscripted series of 2023, further expanding its All Elite Wrestling franchise with AEW All Access. It is called... Um, a follow doc from the perspective of the league's biggest stars. The new series, which was, which was just announced during another Red Hot episode of TBS AEW Dynamite, is slated to premiere this March. Build as the ultimate behind the series experience. Um, sorry, build as the ultimate behind the scenes experience for fans. The series will feature Adam Cole, Dr. Brett Baker, Sammy Guevara, Ty Conti, the Young Bucks, Soraya. Wardlow and Eddie Kingston, along with AEW CEO, GM, and head of creative Tony Khan. So basically, all behind the scenes look, I guess, at you know their lives as maybe as well as like what goes into the actual AEW experience. Okay, the press release continues on to say each episode will showcase AEW stars as they navigate the week to week challenges to remain at the top, and will track the rivalries between talent as they vie for fans' attention. Over the course of the series, viewers will get the chance to follow the contentious lead-up to AEW's major wrestling events and matches. AEW All Access will complement TBS and TNT's portfolio of top-rated wrestling content, including AEW Dynamite, AEW um, Rampage. Um, in terms of what Tony Khan had to say about this, was... He basically said, quote, to show the human side of these larger than life figures will give fans a rare perspective about who these wrestlers are when the cameras aren't typically on. Um, so pretty much you guys remember when they had roads to the top. To me, it seems like it's I never watched roads to the top, but it's giving me roads to the top vibes, obviously, just with different people now. And this is going to be going on immediately after AEW Dynamite. So. With that being said, in terms of my reaction to this, my honest to God reaction was, oh, no, I, I did think that the announcement was going to be something a little bit differently.
Um, I think that it was maybe just a little bit. See, here's the thing. Like, I get both sides. Like, I do think that it was a little bit overhyped in terms of an important announcement, because when you think of important, I don't know necessarily know that a lot of people go like the reality side of things, but like reality TV show. I don't know how many people would consider that important. But at the same time, it kind of is important because you're getting an extra hour on TV. Everybody was bringing a power slap and how that basically means that we're apparently not getting power slap. Uh, I haven't watched any episodes of power slap, so I can't even tell you uh, anything think about that but I did kind of feel like this didn't necessarily have to be promoted as Tony Khan's big important announcement I think that they should have just said you know when they were promoting that um what was it last week they were promoting the interview between Renee Paquette and uh, Adam Cole. I think it would have been cool for them just to be like, hey, Adam Cole has some, uh, you know, exciting news uh, to share. And then, bam, here is the exciting news. Because I really do think that a lot of the fans, including myself, um, kind of just thought maybe like a bigger picture. Again, Forbidden Door 2 was where a lot of people were going. Uh, I was thinking the London dates, the Ring of Honor thing. Hell, I even thought, what if they're going to officially announce, you know, more information on where AEW Dynamite's episodes and all of this is going to live on with streaming platforms, something along those lines, right? So I think we all just kind of thought differently and it ended up being uh, this announcement. Um, so I do see it as like a great thing because, you know, again, it's an extra hour of television. Uh, this is going to be pretty cool for the fans that want to see this kind of stuff. Um, but then again, I did not think that the announcement leaned, needed this whole one week buildup in terms of what is the big important announcement. So um, was it a little bit of a letdown? I would sit, I would be on the side of yes, it was a little bit of a letdown. And, um, you know, a lot of these important announcements have been criticized now for quite some time. Uh, so this definitely doesn't necessarily help that case. But then again, there are going to be people that are going to tune in, are going to be excited about this, and it just gives you an extra bonus hour of, you know, enjoying AEW content. So where are you guys on this? I feel like based on what I've seen on social media, based on what I've seen on, on my Twitter feed, because I asked people how I felt about how, how they felt about it, you know, getting some, just to get a vibe of what people think. And for the most part, a lot of people were kind of like, eh. Not necessarily what we were thinking here in terms of really big, important announcement. So um, let's see what we got here, uh, what you, the chat, are saying. Uh, we got a first, we got another super chat here from Hannah. Thank you so much to Hannah, who says, um, forgive me because I only have been a fan of AEW since full gear, but could we possibly get a match between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage? Um, I think we are going into that. Uh, we've, we have seen Jungle Boy and Christian Cage in the past, but I do think that that's clearly going to happen again. And you definitely do want to see, you know, Jungle Boy uh, defeat Christian Cage. I think that is, that feels to me like what we're going to end up getting at AEW Revolution. And I think right now we only have like seven or eight matches somewhere around there that have been announced for Revolution. Granted, we have a 60-minute Iron Man match that's happening, um, but normally we still get plenty more matches. But given that, again, we have a 60-minute Iron Man match, um, I'm not expecting too many more matches to be announced, but I could, I, I'm feeling like we should be seeing Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage at AEW Revolution. But that's where I'm at with that. Um, thank you so much to Hannah for sending this in as well. Um, okay, so let's see what people um, are saying about the uh, announcement. So send in your thoughts. I'm going to be pulling up people's comments and seeing what you guys are saying uh this is from official mad games who says when the announcement was made deflation um 
Doug says, it is so sad that this is our alternative to WWE. Also, what a pathetic announcement. As if AEW doesn't expose the business badly enough each week with their in-ring product, we get access. Here's the thing. Okay, I disagree with this comment because, again, I do not think the product is bad, um, you know. I clearly don't think that or else I wouldn't be covering it every single week. Um, but the uh, but the announcement was a little bit on the weak side of things. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, <laughs> Brandon Stark says, bye-bye, power slap. Um, Brian Peterson asks, could the in-ring opponent for uh, Adam Cole be Jay White? That has been something that a lot of people may, you know, have been predicting for quite a while. But then again, we still do not know. Um, let's see what else we got here. This is from Mac Hensley who says, I personally won't be watching any more AEW content. Dynamite is more than enough for me. Plus, I'm here for an hour after Dynamite, and I'm more interested in what you have to say than Adam Cole. Well, clearly, you know, a lot of people do AEW Dynamite post-show, so um, really, uh, we're going to have competition, man. We're going to have competition now because, well, this is on, and other post-shows are on, and then also on top of that, you got the reality show. But truthfully, I do think that certain people like reality shows like this, and then some people just don't. Like, I've, you know, I've only ever tuned into a handful of episodes of Total Bellas, Total Divas. Um, I did watch the whole Nikki Bella Says I Do, but that was different. It was a four-part series episode, and it was, like, all about the wedding. And so um, let's see what else we have. I'm trying to think of another. I never watched Roads to the Top. I never watched one episode of that. Um, yeah. So it, it, I think some people are interested in that. And, you know, just some people, you know, kind of aren't. So it really just kind of um, depends on all of that. Um, let's see what else we got here. And, uh, man, I can see a lot of people are not really having it for this one. Um Hector Rodriguez says that they're having a backstage show while Rampage is being recorded. Uh, S. Morgan sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to S. Morgan, who says, is this good news for AEW being renewed? I would assume so, guys. I would assume so. I mean, they're getting an extra hour. And that's why I said, like, I do think that while the announcement did feel like a little bit of a letdown, um, you, the, the positive here is that you are seeing this extra hour be added to AEW programming. And that's always, you know, that's always a positive man. That's always a positive. So um, there you go. Uh, S Morgan, thank you so much for sending in that super chat. And let's see what else we got here. Uh, Justin Martin says power slap is dangerously idiotic. How that ever got, got approved for TV. I don't understand. Um, There you go. Another pro is I don't know. I don't, I haven't even been following the power slap news guys um i did you know see when they were kind of blaming the AEW audience a while back for not uh for apparently like them not retaining their audience to stay in for power slap and i'm like what that was super that was something else but whatever uh let's see what else we got here um and see what people are saying about this. Let me try to speed up here. Um, okay, this is from Andrew Buckley, who says, there isn't enough story and character work on the show to do an out-of-character backstage show. I'd rather they expand out the show and include more people than BTE Sammy Vlog Hour. Um, I don't know. AF AFC and TP says, hyped for Eddie Kingston's reality star era. <laughs> I mean, I'm not expecting this show to be like freaking, I don't know, like those like raunchy, like this does not seem like it's going to be one of those like raunchy reality TV shows. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, now, granted, I don't watch reality TV, but I've seen the previews of like Real Housewives and Sister Wives and all of the wives and whatever show that they do. They tend to be like really raunchy because they start fighting and they get all like 
I hate you. I hate you. It's, I don't think it's it's not going to be anything like that. I think they just want to give people like an inside look as to maybe how the show gets to put, put together, how people, you know, prepare. I don't know. That's what I'm assuming. Grapple Geekery sends it a super chat saying less power slap is an important announcement. There you go. Grapple Geekery looking on the bright side. Um, this is from based martian who says i enjoy aw more aw on my tv is a win um let's see what else we got here trav says anyone crapping on the announcement is crapping on adam cole's return well the i don't think so that's two different things i think it's two different things like the the return you're like people are excited about adam cole's return but we knew that it was gonna happen you know it's not like we didn't know it was gonna happen we knew it was going to happen but also we should have seen this coming because actually now that i think about it and i thought about this when the announcement was made but i forgot to mention it here on the show we should have seen this coming because i forgot who tony khan did an interview but he did an interview with somebody and on there he told the he told the people that he is very excited about people finding out more about adam cole's story so he actually did kind of give a little bit of the news away in one of the interviews that he recently did and he did say that he was excited for more people to see um adam cole's uh you know journey so clearly it's going to be uh you know documented from the sounds of it like Everything that he went through while he was away seems like it may be documented um, in the story, as well as I think Adam Cole kind of mentioned it as well uh, during his promo. So technically, yeah, technically this was we should have seen this coming like this. This interview was like two weeks ago. I remember reading about it and like doing a story on it, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it. I don't know, but we should have seen it coming. So there you go. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um and Taylor Cannon says, so the new AEW show will be after Dynamite. Yes, um, it will be after Dynamite. Uh, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat scene. I'm just excited for Rampage to see two of the best tag teams go at it. Aussie Open versus the Young Bucks is going to be a banger straight up. Um, I completely agree. I'm really looking forward to that match. In fact, this card for AEW Rampage um, looks pretty damn good because not only are you getting the Aussie Open um, versus uh, the Young Bucks match, but you're also getting Willow Nightingale versus Tony Storm. I think that one's going to be pretty entertaining. And Action Andretti versus Sammy Guevara, which was a match that when they first announced it, I was like, oh, hell yeah, because, you know, I think that they both have, like, they're both going to have a fun little match up there. Plus, Lance Archer, who we rarely ever seen, uh, is going to be in action. So I'm happy to see Lance Archer also get a little moment here on AEW Rampage. So AEW Rampage, for the most part, is kind of looking pretty good um, in terms of at least this week here. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Hector Rodriguez says people are blocking the power slap page on Instagram to the point UFC is advertising that instead of the pay-per-view coming up. Holy shit. I didn't know about that again, guys. I do not follow anything power slap related. Um, so there you guys go. Um, that was the AW announcement. So really just to round it up, it really wasn't what the people were expecting. But if this is something for you, then I think it's something for you guys to uh, enjoy. Um, and yes, Adam Cole will be making his um, in-ring return 
the day that the show premieres, but they haven't actually said um, what day in March the show premieres, but it will be happening sometime in March. Um, alrighty, guys. So let's go ahead and press on from here uh, and see what else we got on this show because we got a couple more stuff to get into here today. Um, so we kicked off the show with Orange Cassidy defeating your ROH Pure Champion, Wheeler Yuta, to retain the AW All-Atlantic Championship. And let me tell you, so this this match here was an interesting one because I feel like it's kind of maybe, you know, foreshadowing a little bit of what we can expect from the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. So during this match, you know, it had just kind of gotten started. We were just getting it going when Claudio Castagnoli comes out and he ends up slapping his bud, Wheeler Yuta, in the face, slaps him and basically, you know, is trying to, I don't know what the right word is, talk, put some sense into him, toughen him up, anger him so that he gets fired up to go into this match with Orange Cassidy. So it kind of works. He gets slapped in the face by Claudio Castagnoli, gets back in the ring, and next thing you know, he pretty much has the upper hand on Orange Cassidy for a huge percentage of this match. He goes in there and gets him with a bunch of slaps, with a bunch of drop kicks. At one point, Orange Cassidy, uh, you know, he does his whole bit where he puts his hands in his pocket, does his little um, drop kick the crowd is really into it to me the first portion of this match kind of felt like it was um I didn't think that the first portion was necessarily that great but the crowd I thought made it feel uh much better than it was so this was one of the matches that for me I would say that the crowd played a huge role into this actual matchup but then as the match kept going, I ended up getting really interested um, into it. I think once I started getting into it was when they started doing the forearm strike exchange. I pretty much really enjoyed that. They did a double clothesline at one point, and then Orange Cassidy does a DDT to Willer Yuta on the outside, then does another DDT to him inside the ring. So I did kind of have a good time with that. Um, there was a moment where Yuta hits a pile driver on Orange Cassidy, gets a near fall. I didn't I didn't fall for that near fall, though, at all. The one I did fall for, though, was when uh, Orange Cassidy did the first orange punch, when he did the first one, and I thought it was over at that point. Like, I had even wrote on my notes, he wins this match after that. And then the match kept going. And so usually um, stuff like that is, you know, when you realize, oh, hey, I fell for that. I bit for that. Uh, in the end, he finally hits the beach break and another orange punch and gets the win. So I did think that the latter portion of this match was really good. I ended up getting very... Uh, into it and I did like a lot of like how um at one point like Wheeler Yuta's getting the elbows in on Orange Cassidy and then Orange Cassidy returns the favor to him I really liked that portion of it too so I thought this was good but I also want to talk more about Claudio here because after this Orange Cassidy kind of extended out his arms and wanted to do like a maybe like a sportsmanship kind of deal with Wheeler Yuta where they came together and you know all was okay. But instead, Claudio Castagnoli comes back out and he's like, nah, not on my watch, bro. And he basically doesn't let this happen. He doesn't let uh he doesn't let Wheeler Yuta like be all friends, get all chummy with uh Orange Cassidy. So I'm freaking stoked for this. I like this a whole lot because ever since William Regal left, it kind of the Blackpool Combat Club hasn't really felt like uh I don't know. They really haven't felt like an actual stable. It feels like they're just like they never officially broke up, but they're also not really together. I don't know. It's, it's a little bit weird. Um, But 
it seems to me that clearly Claudio Castagnoli is maybe taking on more of a leadership role here. And it also felt to me like we were starting to see a like full on heel turn sort of from the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, so this to me feels like they're going in a, a heelish direction versus where they were at before. So I wonder what this all really is going to lead to. But clearly when William Regal left, it did leave like a really big, uh, you know, missing puzzle piece to the Blackpool Combat Club. So um, this kind of feels like maybe they might, you know, refresh the Blackpool Combat Club a little bit. And I definitely think that it is needed because I kind of feel like we've been seeing the same things a little bit over and over with the Blackpool Combat Club to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm always a fan of Moxley and Claudio and these guys, right? But I kind of felt like we were seeing the same things over and over. And so, um, you know, I'm ready for them to kind of shake things up a little bit with the Blackpool Combat Club. And it seems like we're going in that direction, especially with this teases, with these teases from Claudio Castagnoli, basically coming out and being like super savage about this. Um, but let's see what else we got here. Let's see what people are saying. This is from Jordan Courtney, who says, Claudio could be amazing if he had some actual direction. Uh, Claudio's always somebody that, I feel like you, I like, it's weird because I feel like there are, like when he was champion, when he was a ring of honor champion in AEW, I really thought that that felt, that fell really flat. Like I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in it. And it was actually after he lost the title that I became more interested in Claudio. So it's been a little bit hit and miss. There's a lot of stuff that I've liked with Claudio that he has done in AEW, but again, it hasn't necessarily been like too extraordinarily groundbreaking, but it's fine. It's been okay. It's been fine. Uh, Hector Rodriguez says Claudio and Mox became, uh, can become, um, or became rather, co-leaders. It feels like that because like, I can't see Claudio, if, if there's any like, if Claudio or John Moxley, if one of them is like above the other in terms of like hierarchy, this is not going to work, right? Like it's not going to work. I feel like they've got to be on the same playing field. Like you can't have John Moxley over Claudio or Claudio over John Moxley. I feel like the BCC might not work. And if it does, I would see John Moxley more as the leader than Claudio. So I could kind of see John Moxley taking on more of that leadership role in terms of it being Claudio, but Eh, whatever. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's go ahead and um, <laughs> Brandon Stark says they're more of a united front than the firm. I wonder if that was what dropped. <laughs> oh, man. All right. And uh, see, Ender Buckley says technically they've always been heels, but the Jericho Appreciation Society is more annoying. I haven't always seen the Blackpool Combat Club as heels. Like they weren't to me they weren't always heels. Like I didn't feel that way about them. Like I didn't feel like they were. I took them more as like a badass type of team versus like full on heels, you know? Um, because they're liked. They're honestly liked. They really are. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, press on from here. Uh, let's get into Ricky Starks, guys, because this one was something that officially led to another match that we're going to be getting at AEW Revolution. So Ricky Starks comes out and he's basically this whole thing is he tricks Chris Jericho into signing a contract and signing a match with him at AEW Revolution. So we are so Starks comes out. He says he's going to issue an open challenge that he's done with Chris. Jer this is what I find funny. This is what I find hilarious, though. So. Ricky Starks comes out there, right? People like Ricky Starks. We cheer for Ricky Starks. And Starks is like, 
you know, I'm done with Jericho. This is it. And the fans are like, yeah, he's done with Jericho. We can move on from this. But then Jericho uh, comes out and everybody starts cheering and they like the song and this and that. And then all of a sudden, we're not like booing Jericho anymore. It's this really weird thing, right? So finally, we get Jericho and Ricky Starks in this little confrontation here. And Jericho is telling him that he's not good enough to face him. And Ricky Starks is like, eh, you know. Like, I'm going to do this, this, you know, open challenge. I'm going to face whoever, you know, you, you, Jericho starts saying like, oh yeah, you can't, I, I can definitely beat you. And Ricky Starks is kind of like trolling him, kind of goading him into uh, signing this contract for the match. At one point, we even get Peter Avalon who comes out there and he tries to answer the open challenge for a match against Ricky Starks for revolution. And Jericho had this like porcupine. If a porcupine did heavy metal, that would be the outfit that Chris Jericho was wearing. Uh, he was wearing a suit with like all of these big, like, um, I don't know, spikes, all of these spikes all over. I hated it. I hated the suit. I hated the suit because whenever I see like a bunch of things that are like sticking out, I feel the need to take them off. And so it makes my skin like feel really kind of gross, actually. I don't know if this happens to other people, but whenever I see things like that, I feel the need to like take it off. It's this like horrible thing, right? So like even thinking about it right now, I get like chills all over my skin. Um, you guys, I don't know how many of you here were, were on the post show that I did when Cody Rhodes had all of that, um, the stuff on his back that was like peeling. Oh my God. Like it's things like that. It's so weird. Like I can't see stuff like that. It, it drives me nuts. So seeing all of the spikes all over Jericho was like, ah. but anyways, a, a little bit of spikes I can handle, but the whole entire outfit, it gives me the heebie jeebies. But anyways, it's a me thing. <laughs> so I was not here for it. But anyways, poor, poor Peter Avalon ends up getting a freaking Judas effect. And he takes this big ass spikes to the face. Um, but anyway, so we are going to be getting this one on one between Jericho and Ricky Starks at Revolution. And this was great because afterwards when he did sign the contract and, you know, he does the whole click and it gets a big reaction from the crowd. Um, Starks is uh, doing these like really hilarious facial expressions kind of like yeah we suckered him into him we got it we did it uh, so we are getting Ricky Starks versus uh, Chris Jericho at AEW Revolution everyone is banned from ringside by the way um all righty so <laughs> Hector Rodriguez says don't remind me of Cody's skin peeling off I'm so glad some of you guys remembered that, by the way. Um, it was like the thing that he was using because he ended up doing like a fire spot like at the end. So, yeah. Anyways, but um, we are going to be getting Starks Jericho. Now let's go ahead and uh, get into our next thing. So the next portion of the show was the acclaimed um, defeating Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Max Caster had a really funny rap. He says, Lee Moriarty is Tiger style. It's kind of funny because your mom likes a doggy style. <laughs> and then um, he tells Stokely that he has a cast on because he's always touching his, you know what? And then he says, yo, Bill, your girl just texted me. She says you're S-A-W-F-T, soft. That was a good one. I really liked all the stuff that 
Max Caster had to say for today's rap. Uh, the crowd was hot for it. I mean, the crowd was pretty much hot for everything tonight, guys. Like, Phoenix was like, we don't care. We're here. We're finally in AEW. We're going to react to anything and about everything. Um, we see the guns go out there. They're rooting for Moriarty and Big Bill. Um, eventually, we get the... Most of this match happened during the commercial break. So if you're watching on TV, you got, like, just minutes of this and personally it was really hard for me to get into guys like I'm gonna be honest with you guys I am so over and done with the acclaimed and the ass boys I'm done guys I think the the final straw for me was seeing the acclaimed lose the tag team titles to the ass boys when they didn't even need to, if we were going into this fatal four-way at AW Revolution, um, and completely disinterested. Now, we do later on have a uh, tag team battle royale, and it was for one of the two remaining spots in that fatal four-way for the tag team titles at Revolution. As I, I saw a lot of people who were kind of, not a, a lot of people on Twitter weren't happy that uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal got the win and got the spot. I was actually pretty surprised because I felt it was a it was a given. I felt it was a given that we were going to get Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett in this match. I felt it was very obvious. It was very obvious that they were going to take one of those spots. But the majority of the people on Twitter were kind of not having it people were like boo this sucks blah 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 I was surprised that like everybody didn't see it coming like it was so obvious that we were gonna get Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett as one of the teams um so for me it was kind of predictable but I'm just at the point man where I think that a lot of uh I thought a lot of the hype was taken away from the acclaimed personally, at least for me. Um, I don't necessarily think that means like they're less over or anything like that because the people really do love the acclaim. I mean, they're going to pop for the raps or the scissor me daddy ass stuff is still over. But I do think that them taking the titles off of them so that then this could end up being a four way. To me, it kind of took away from it took away some of my interest into this actual storyline. So, um, Mike drop from the acclaim. They get the win in this match, and then again, like I said, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett are being added to the fatal four way match, um, or rather to the four way. Um, this was again. I'm I'm ready to move on, guys. I'm I'm actually really ready. I'm I don't know who the fourth team is going to be in terms of who's going to take that fourth and final spot. Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to be honest though. I I'm hoping for a new tag team champions. I, I don't necessarily like if the acclaimed were to get the titles back. Part of me would be a little bit upset just for the simple fact that they shouldn't have taken the titles off of them. I, I I'm sorry. Like, I just don't think that they should have had, the titles taken off of them at all. Um, again, especially if they didn't necessarily have to do it. And I don't feel like they actually had to. Like so far, I could be wrong, but so far nothing in the story has made me go, ah, that's why they took the titles off of um, the acclaimed and specifically gave it to the guns. Because of that, um, I haven't had that aha moment. And right now, I don't feel like I'm going to get the aha moment. So I'm a little bit disconnected from this one here. But um, also shout out to Joe Vanico, who just became a new YouTube channel member here on F4W Online. Uh, so welcome to Joe Vanito for um, hopping in here. Uh, let's see what we got here. And also, guys, by the way, I'm a fan of, of Jeff 
Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I actually think that they're going to add so much to this match. So I have no problem with them taking up the spot in this match, guys. Like, no problem at all. I wouldn't be surprised if they just, if they gave them the tag team titles. At this point, I would much rather see Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett at, as AEW tag team champions than the um the freaking guns i'm sorry but at least we would get something a little bit more with jeff jared and jay lethal as aew tag team titles uh, tag team champions now i know that may be a hot take an unpopular opinion but i think at the point where we're at right now I'm much prefer it to be them instead, personally. Um, but again, they should not have taken off the titles off of the acclaimed. At least not, I'm not seeing the payoff for it right now. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, people are saying, what about FTR? And FTR coming in for that fourth spot. It would be great. It would be really great if we got to see FTR as the fourth spot. But then again, I don't really know how much time they're looking to take off um, from AEW since apparently that's, you know, they asked for this specifically. They asked specifically for some time off to kind of, you know, gather their thoughts and see what they want to do with their futures. All right. So. Um, next up, we got a segment that I actually really enjoyed, and this was Christian Cage um, coming out, and he's supposed to be doing this, uh, apparently, like it's supposed to be like an interview or something with him and Tony Schiavone, but instead, Christian Cage gets attacked by Jungle Boy. I like this. I'm glad. Jungle Boy comes out. Well, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Sorry, I know he's grown up now, but I'm still used to calling him Jungle Boy. Um, but anyway, so Jack Perry comes out and he attacks Christian Cage. And this was freaking great because he should be attacking Christian Cage. Uh, Christian Cage literally caught him off guard last week after he got his win. And uh, he, you clearly, uh, Jack Perry should want some, uh, you know, a little bit of vengeance, a little bit of revenge over on Christian Cage, especially since their story has been a long telling one for now. Um, so he goes out there, he attacks up. At one point, like he threatens to, he threatens, you know, um, to end Christian with the chair spot, but he doesn't. Instead, uh, he kind of doesn't have the uh, the guts to do it. He doesn't have the guts to pull the trigger, right? So instead, Christian Cage sees this capitalizes on that by hitting him with the low blow and then bam smacking him right in the face with the chair and then afterwards we see jungle boy get busted open and christian cage literally just steps on his head and so you have this really great visual of jungle boy like literally just busted open looking all sad while christian cage's foot is all up on his face this was great man this was great because to me the part where jungle boy hesitated to actually smash Christian Cage's head in, um, to me, that kind of tells me that that Jungle Boy isn't necessarily, um, he's not yet, I don't know, like he's just not there yet, right? He's not willing to do it just yet. And I do think that when we get Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, that's clearly going to play a huge role into this match in terms of is Jungle Boy willing to do what it takes to actually defeat Christian Cage, even if it means doing something so savage um, in order to actually get the victory. So I like this because we've been seeing Jungle Boy kind of grow up. We've seen this whole entire story play out with Christian Cage, with Luchasaurus and everything that has happened and you would have thought you would have honestly thought that with everything that has occurred between the history of all these three guys that jungle boy would be able to uh to that jungle boy would have no hesitation right 
wrong. He still had the hesitation. And that to me was kind of the fascinating portion of this whole entire uh, little segment that they did here. So man, I am stoked for this Christian cage. Like this is a story to me that I'm, I don't know how many people, because this has been going on for such a long time because Christian cage was away uh, due to injury and all of that. Um, I feel like it could have really been it could have been something that you could have been easily over and done with where maybe some people weren't not going to care about the story anymore. But I actually feel quite the opposite where I'm still invested in the story, literally because I just think Christian Cage is a great freaking heel. And I like what this story is doing for Jungle Boy in terms of, you know, Jungle Boy going from Jungle Boy to uh, to Jack Perry, right? Even with that, um, to me, it's just adding a lot to uh, Jack Perry's presentation, you know, growing up i guess i don't know um all right so right this is true this is from doppelganger 399 who says all those things christian cage said about jungle boy's mom and he's still not there yet wtf this is true yes i mean come on that's why part of me was like i can't believe he's not willing to like do it just yet and the fact that he didn't it, it, it got me interested, though. Like, I know some of you are probably thinking, like, he should have just gone for it. Like, he should be pissed with everything that was said about his mom and his dead father. Like, that stuff was pretty messed up, man. There was some hard, uh, some cutthroat stuff that Christian Cage said to uh, Jungle Boy, where even I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. But he went there, man. So you would think he would already, like, be willing to do anything to take out Christian Cage, but um, this is going to play out as part of the story. But King of Hueco Mundo says Christian is always gold, and that is most definitely uh, true. Uh, Ender Buckley says Christian provoking Jungle Boy over a long period of time to corrupt him uh, could work out. I think so, too. I think so, too. Alrighty, uh, let's go ahead and move on from here. Uh, we got a couple more items to talk about. But once again, guys, if you do want to get your question, comment, or statement read on the show or even just help support this podcast, you are more than welcome at any point to send in a super chat. Um, We got a replay on the Wardlow interview from last week, which was pretty good. I was a fan of that. We talked about them doing something different with Wardlow. I won't go through that again. But Samoa Joe basically says that now we get Samoa Joe's portion in this. And he says... I, I scalped you to take the one thing that means the most to you. Wardlow officially explained the connection between uh, his father who passed away due to cancer and why he grew out his hair, basically, because he saw all of that be taken away from his father. It was really deep stuff, man. Um, but then Samoa Joe closes it out by saying, I'm not a man to be messed with. The biggest mistake that Wardlow made was stepping into the ring with me, Samoa Joe. So... Nice little continuation there between Samoa Joe and Wardlow. After this, we got a match between Soraya and Sky Blue in which Soraya defeated Sky Blue. Um, I actually really enjoyed this for what it was. I thought that this was probably one of the better things that we've been seeing with Soraya and Tony Storm, mainly because a lot of what they've been doing with Soraya and Tony hasn't necessarily been, uh, you know, hitting the mark. A lot of people on um, are mainly disliking it versus actually enjoying it. And so we will, you know, get into all the things that they've done that people haven't been feeling, but a lot of it has just been everything, right? Like the spray painting and uh, just, it hasn't been working too well, right? 
I thought that this spot for Sky Blue was really great because Sky Blue is one of those people that anytime we see her in any matches, we're like, yeah, we're so ready for when Sky Blue ever gets featured. She's going to be a big star, this and that. And I thought this was a really great little spot to put her in because she got to have a match with Soraya. And for the most part, I thought she went in there and did a good job. Like she kicked off this match going at her with a bunch of punches. Um, She gets her with a forearm. She goes to the top rope and she's, you know, about to do something but Tony Storm basically distracts her so she doesn't do anything off of the top rope after all but this basically Tony Storm's uh distraction allows Soraya to finally get the upper hand on Sky Blue and then she starts stomping her um we get a nice little back and forth here. I do like when she did the Black Widow on Soraya. I really liked that Black Widow from Sky Blue. I thought that was pretty fun to see as well. And then finally, we get more of a distraction here. So we end up seeing Soraya distract the referee. And while she's doing this, Tony Storm is kind of taking advantage of uh, Sky Blue. And she ends up getting her with a suplex on the outside. Uh, she finally gets back into the ring. And then we see Soraya... Hit her with a thrust kick, lock in. She locks in the scorpion cross lock and she gets the win via submission. So she gets the win here. I thought we saw some really fun, uh, good heel work between Soraya and Tony. Again, this was just a lot better than some of the other stuff that we've been getting. And even after the match, we had a post-match angle where they were still trying to attack Sky Blue, but instead Jamie Hayter and um Britt Baker run out there and make the save for uh, Sky Blue. Now, the big question mark has been Ruby Soho for weeks now. Is she going to align herself with Soraya and Tony, the, the, you know, the former WWE women? Is she going to align herself with we have Jamie and Britt Baker? Personally, I really hope she aligns herself with Soraya and Tony. To me, it would make more sense for her to be on their side. And I kind of want to see Sky Blue kind of thrown in there with uh, Jamie and Britt. I would like to see like a three-on-three -three where we get maybe Sky Blue, Jamie, and Britt against uh, Soraya, Tony, and Ruby. I would like to see something like that personally because Sky Blue could be like a representation of, you know, you got... Jamie and Britt, who you know are, are more of like the homegrown AEW talent, and then you got Sky Blue, instead of sort of like an up and comer, but also primarily got her start and became more known face because of AEW. So I would like to see something like that. Uh, instead, they have Ruby Soho come out, and she basically just you know signals that she's going for the AEW Women's World Championship. So with that being said, we got another matchup made for AEW Revolution. Tony Storm does, excuse me, uh, Jamie Hayter, she does a uh, backstage interview with Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker. And finally, we get to hear Jamie Hayter talk. I feel like we haven't really heard her talk as champion. Like we've maybe heard her talk like two or three times. This one really feels like the most the most that we got out of Jamie Hayter and talking and all of that. So she basically says that, uh, you know, Soraya and Ruby Soho both want to match against her and they're both, you know, fighting for who it should be and this and that. And she's like, instead of wasting my time and trying to pick between one of them, why not just make it a triple threat match? So at AEW Revolution, we're going to see Ruby Soho versus Jamie Hayter versus Soraya for the AEW Women's World Championship. I like this a whole lot because uh, Jamie Hayter is, you know, she's clear. She's a baby face now, officially, officially a baby face. And so the fact that she was just like, eh, I'm put my title up against one woman, two women, whatever. Uh, I'm going to do it.
And so people like that's a very easy person to get behind of, even though people were already behind Jamie Hayter. But you get what I mean. So we are getting this triple threat. I don't know. I, I really hope that they all, I hope that in this match, maybe that they make it clear what Ruby Soho's, you know, decision is going to be. I don't necessarily want to see her be Switzerland. I want to see her pick a dang side because they've been teasing it so much. You might as well have Ruby Soho, uh, you know, pick an actual side, but we'll see what they go with that. Um, after this, one of my favorite portions of the entire show was what we saw between Brian Danielson and MJF. So this was a lot of fun. Brian Danielson goes out there and he's talking about how MJF hates him so much. MJF finally goes out there and he's like saying kind of a little bit of the same thing that he said before that he's going to show the people who Brian Danielson really is. And so from here on out, we get into MJF basically talk basically talking about how he's so unlovable, how he fell in love with a woman and asked her to marry her and she showed him the world and then she left him. And when he announces like, oh, she left me, the crowd starts chanting, you deserve it. This was great, by the way. So then MJF starts saying that he's that he's unlovable and that part of the reason why he hates Brian Danielson is because he's out there, you know, with a beautiful wife. He's got beautiful children. He's had some of the most concussions and the most trauma, a head trauma in than anybody else in the sport. And he, that every time Brian Danielson goes out into the ring, that according to MJF, he doesn't care about his family and that it pisses him off. And so, you know, he just really hates Brian Danielson. And then he tells him, you're addicted to the limelight. So then he says, I'm going to talk to your children. And Brian's like, if you say anything to my children, I'm going to kick your ass. Well, MJF does say things to his children. And Brian kind of just stands there and doesn't necessarily do anything just yet. So MJF looks at the camera and he's like, hi, Bertie. Hi, buddy. This is your Uncle Max. And he's being like a big time jerk. And he's telling them how he's going to do this and that to their dada. And, <laughs> and then he even says that he's going to give their dad CTE. Finally, just finally, Brian's like, I've had enough of this. Kicks MJF's butt. Security quickly comes, pulls them apart. And then afterwards, we get... um. Brian Danielson continues the attack on him. He gets his hands on him once again. And then once again, they get pulled apart by security. So I liked this because, you know, I'm going to be honest. I feel that a lot of MJF stories, a lot of his previous stories, there has been such great promo work. Um, you know, everything that he did with CM Punk is clearly like the first thing that pops into my mind personally. But there's just been a lot of really great promo promo work and whatnot with, you know, some of his other feuds. And I didn't necessarily feel like that strongly about the promo work between the stuff that he's been doing with Brian Danielson. I haven't really felt that strongly about it. But... I felt like today was a really good, um, they went into a really good direction here in terms of making it much more personal. It's clear that MJF is this, you know, the, the whole bit here is that he's an unlovable prick, right? And Brian Danielson, he's the family man. He's the one that overcame everything he needed to overcome. And so you got two guys that are polar opposites and he really, really, hates him like 
MJF, he would make a troll account just to leave mean comments on Brian Danielson selfies if he could. That's the whole thing here. And so for me, um, I thought that they did a really good job today of kind of adding more of this personal element. I mean, he's talking about the man's wife. He's talking about the man's, the man's children. Uh, how is it not getting more personal than uh, bringing up a man's family? So this to me was something that I really enjoyed. And it was actually my favorite thing on the show in terms of just Overall, everything that we saw in AEW Dynamite today, I thought this was by far uh, the best thing of the night. Uh, so I was a fan of that. Justin Martin sends in a super chat saying, other than the bloodline angle, this MJF Danielson feud is the best thing in wrestling. These two characters are so perfect for each other. They really are. They're completely polar opposites and... I'm really looking forward to seeing what that 60-minute match is going to look like with Danielson and MJF. I think it's going to be a good one. I don't think it's going to disappoint. Um, I actually think it's going to probably be exactly what you want to see. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can see it going so many directions here, but we'll see. Um, thank you so much to Justin Martin for also sending in this super chat. It's much appreciated. Ed Jones says, but kids don't know what CTE means. Man, poor Birdie and Buddy. They tuned into AEW Dynamite today. And now they just have a crazy Uncle Max. Depressing. All right. Um, <laughs> let's see what else we got here. Doppelganger399 says, come out next week with an Uncle Max t-shirt. I'm going to do a, I should do a poll. Who's better, Uncle Max or Uncle Howdy? <laughs> All right. That poll would not. My my timeline would probably be a mess if I did that. Uh, all right. And let's go on from this. Let's see what else we got here. I already spoke about the tag team battle royal. I don't got anything else to say about that. We already talked about Tony Khan's announcement. Last but not least, which was John Moxley versus Evil Uno. I'm going to be real with you guys. Um, it was very hard to pay attention to this match because we had just gone in the announcement and I was like literally tweeting and reading people's thoughts about it. And before I knew it, like this match was like more than halfway over. So I feel like I pretty much missed most of Moxley versus Evil Uno. And I feel really bad, but I just didn't really care to pay attention. And I think the reason for that is I just didn't feel like this was an AEW Dynamite main event. And I had already kind of felt that going into this match. And so I feel like for me, this was just, okay, you know, AEW still on, but I'm, you know, thinking about this announcement, what was made and what people are seeing. Uh, we do see John Moxley get the win via submission. Evil Uno does get busted open. He's like bleeding. So is Moxley. I mean, you can't even tell whose blood is who at one point. This was Moxley's 100th win. So that was like the big moment. Afterwards, we have Adam Page come out. And he attacks John Moxley. And during this, we end up getting, I don't know if they played the Dark Order's theme song or something, but they didn't play Hangman Page's theme song, but it was his Titantron. So I hope we're not seeing a change in his music because Hangman Page literally has like the best music ever. Uh, so he wraps barbed wire around his hand and then bam, punches John Moxley uh, in the face. This was good considering that, you know, they're leading into, we know that we're having that death match that's taking place at AEW Revolution. So, I mean, it wasn't a strong main event because it was one of those main events where I was already not interested going into the actual matchup. Um, so at least we got something with Adam Page and John Moxley, but that was kind of about it, guys. 
really. So overall, the highlights to me of the show were Brian Danielson, MJF. I liked the stuff with the women with Soraya and Sky Blue and uh, Tony and all of that that they did there. I was a fan of Christian Cage, Jungle Boy in their segment. And oh, and the opening match too. The opening match was pretty fun, but that was about it, honestly. Uh, so it was kind of a so-so uh, episode. So I'm really hoping we kind of get things back on track because a couple weeks ago, man, we were just having some straight shows that were some bangers. Like we were getting so many good matches like back to back to back. So I kind of hope we kind of bring that back a little bit, especially heading into uh, AEW Revolution. But there you go. That, my friends, was AEW Dynamite on February 22nd. Uh, and it's true. So, you know, ours says the post-match stuff was the important part. It was. It really, really was. All right. And uh, let me think what else I needed to say. That's pretty much it, guys. Um, also, I will be back here on Friday to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. So if you guys want a nice little Friday podcast, feel free to come on in. Uh, honestly, without you guys, I would not be able to do the show. I know I say this every week, but I'm incredibly thankful for each and every single one of you guys that tune in each and every single week. Tuesdays, I'm here for NXT. Wednesdays, AEW Dynamite, and then Fridays, SmackDown and Rampage. Please do not forget to head on over to youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. There's so much content up there. I just posted an interview with the Hex um, that I thought was pretty good. If you guys want to hear more about Allison Kay and Marty Bell, you can check out that interview. Plus, of course, all of the Royal Rumble content is up there, and that did tremendous. Uh, so check that out, too. And also, if you haven't followed me on Twitter yet, please go do so. I'm trying to get to 100K. Uh, please go follow me. I'm always live tweeting all the shows, posting all the news. Uh, if you just want some place to go and be constantly updated about wrestling, I'm always making sure that my account is a place to go find out what you need to know what's going on in the world of wrestling. And that is at underscore Denise Salcedo. Until next time, I will see you guys back here on Friday. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you so much for watching.